Yeah, okay. Well, glad you got here safely. Okay, John the 16th chapter and the 7th verse. John the 16th chapter and the 7th verse. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit in the church this month. And notice Jesus said, it's your, to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, he's talking about the Holy Spirit there, the Helper will not come to you. And, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, in his earthly ministry, could only minister to one person at a time. You remember? I mean, you, you remember that. Like, for example, he was going over to Jairus's house to minister to his daughter. Remember that? And then the woman with the issue of blood grabbed his, the hem of his garment. And he had to stop what he was doing with Jairus and minister to the lady with the issue of blood. Jesus in his earthly ministry was just as human as you or me. You need to remember that. He could only be one place at one time. But you see, the Holy Spirit, now Jesus has been raised from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he sent the Holy Spirit into the earth. And uh, the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. And that's a good deal for us. That's advantageous to us. He can be ministering here to us tonight. And he can be ministering, you know, at the church up the street and the church halfway around the world, you know. And so that's good. And so it's to our advantage that Jesus went into heaven because now the Holy Spirit is here and uh, the Holy Spirit is everywhere at once. And uh, he's omnipresent and that's to our advantage. Now, notice if you would in Revelation 1 verse 4, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible, Revelation 1 verse 4. Now we still use the New King James as the our main translation that we teach out of, but... Uh, here the last couple of Wednesdays, uh, uh, Amplified Bible is come into play. You know, I like the way the Amplified Bible puts some things. And so Revelation 1 verse 4 in the Amplified, John was writing to the seven assemblies or churches that are in Asia. And he says, may God's grace, unmerited favor be granted to you and spiritual peace, the peace of Christ's kingdom from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits. Notice the seven spirits, the sevenfold Holy Spirit before his throne. Now you know as well as I do, there's not seven Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. But yet, the Bible talks here about here, talks about here the sevenfold Holy Spirit. And you know, if you just read that and you didn't do any other studying, you could get confused thinking that there is seven Holy Spirits, but there's not. There's one Holy Spirit. But realize John is writing to the church here. And the Amplified says the sevenfold Holy Spirit. Actually, uh, the Holy Spirit has a sevenfold ministry to the church. A sevenfold ministry to the church. Now, the Holy Spirit also has a ministry to the world, but we'll not talk about that here tonight. We're just going to talk about his ministry to the church. What is his 
ministry to the church. It's sevenfold, or there's seven parts to it. We could put it that way. Look at John 14 and 16. John 14 and 16, again in the Amplified Bible. John 14 and 16, Jesus said, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another comforter. Well, in that verse in John 16, he called him the helper. Now he calls him a comforter. But then notice what the Amplified Bible does. It gives six other things. Comforter, then what? Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may, what? Remain with you forever. And so right here, the Amplified Bible gives us the sevenfold Ministry or the seven-part ministry that the Holy Spirit has to the church. You need to be aware of these ministries that he has so that you can take advantage of them. How many of you know you can't take advantage of something you don't know anything about? And if you don't know that he has a seven-fold ministry or a seven-part ministry, then if you don't know what that is, then you can't call on him to take advantage of it, you see. There's seven parts to his ministry to the church. Now, I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit here tonight. Those nine gifts, we're not talking about those here tonight. Although we could. There's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, right? Discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, right? Special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings. How many of you know those are given to those that are baptized with the Holy Spirit? Amen. And they can operate as the Spirit wills. Is that right? And thank God for those. I believe in those gifts. How about you? We've ministered to a lot of people over the years with those gifts. Thank God for them. Amen. But we're not, we're not talking about those tonight. We're talking about His sevenfold ministry. Now we're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit tonight either. Which we could do. We mentioned, said a lot about that last two services. But tonight we're looking at his seven part ministry to the church. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Now, um, let us just take a moment and center in on each of these. First of all, the comforter. The comforter. He is the comforter. And what does a comforter do? Well, to soothe when in distress. Has anybody ever been in distress? Well, if you've ever been in distress, you need to call upon the Holy Spirit and his ministry as comforter. And he'll ease the... I've got here in my notes, a comforter will ease the misery of sorrow and grief. So if if you've ever been in sorrow or grief, you need to call on the Holy Spirit because he'll comfort you, you see. He'll soothe you. He'll ease the misery of sorrow and grief. You know, in the Bible, oil is oftentimes a type of the Holy Spirit. And did you ever notice oil will soothe? Have you ever had dry skin? I get dry skin, particularly my hands, will get real dry in the wintertime. Real dry. And uh, I used to use a certain kind of cream that suave, but it never worked too good. And then finally, Diane started buying some stuff that cost a little more, a uh, gold bond, I think it is. And I started putting that on. It's like almost like Vaseline. And you put that on, and that's like real oily, 
greasy, you know. You put that on and sleep overnight and in the morning your, your hands are nice and smooth again. Just soothes that, dry, that, that dryness. See if there's dryness in your life, dryness about you. Call on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and he'll, and he'll soothe that. You see, like oil or would, would soothe your skin. He'll soothe, you know, it, it, that, that, that dryness that's in your life. You know, I found in time of people's greatest sorrow, when there's a tragedy, there's been some times over the years where I've been called in as a pastor, as a minister, when people have had great tragedy or they've lost a loved one or, you know, a dear one in their life has been in some kind of an accident or has passed away or, you know. And I tell you what, in all these years, I've never been able to find the words to really comfort somebody in their sorrow, in and of myself. But thank God, the Holy Spirit can do what no man, woman, boy, or girl can do. And he, I've watched him in the midst of these tragedies and things where people will look to him. See, if you look just to a man, you'll come up short. Unless you look to Jesus, you know. Now, you won't come up short if you look to him. But if you look just to a minister, thank God we ought to look to good ministers. Thank God. But if we're just looking at the arm of the flesh, we'll come up short. But if we look to the Holy Spirit, you know, the Comforter, He can soothe where no man can soothe. He can comfort where no words can, can touch, you know. And I've felt very inadequate at times over the years when people were looking at me to give them a word. And thank God we give them the Bible, we give them the Word of God, and that's always comforting and soothing, you know. But just natural words in and of myself, I've never been able to minister to people fully when they're in time of tragedy. But thank God we call on the Holy Spirit and, and He does what only He can do and He brings comfort to people. Where, whereas uh, I've not been able to comfort in and of myself. So thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's a comforter. So when you're in, time of, in a time of distress, time of sorrow, time of difficulty... Time of loss. Look to the Holy Spirit and he'll comfort you. Now then also to counselor. Let's look at his ministry as counselor. Look at John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13 in the New King James Bible. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you or show you things to come. So you see, what does a counselor do? A counselor is a guide. A guide and will show you the way to go in the midst of a certain situation. Very oft times people will get themselves in a difficult situation and they'll go to a counselor to seek advice. Sometimes it's legal advice. Sometimes it's marital advice or whatever it is. And you go to the counselor and they tell you, you know, do this, this, and this, and then things should get better. And there again, sometimes the arm of the flesh, human, humans, they can help you just so far. But the Holy Spirit can help you in the midst of anything you're in, you see. And uh, he'll guide you, notice, into all truth. So, so, you know, as you need direction for your life, as you need... A wisdom for your life as to what to do, which way to go, what decision should I make? What you need to do is turn to the Word of God, turn to the Holy Spirit, and call on His minister as counselor, and He'll guide you into all truth. 
Notice he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll tell you things to come. Uh, uh, Something you need to realize, the Holy Spirit is counselor. You need to tap into him and hook into him as counselor or guide because he'll tell you things to come. In your own life, you know, particularly that's what this is talking about. In your own life. He'll show you things to come. Now it could apply, you know, to, you know, you know, as the things coming in the nation or this or that, or this is going to happen, that's going to happen. But primarily what he's talking about here is in your own personal life. You need to stay hooked into him and he'll show you things to come. If you're really hooked into him, as you should be, there's very little that should catch you by surprise. That takes place in your life. He'll tell you things to come. So stay hooked into him as counselor, as guide. You get in the middle of a tough situation, uh, turn to the Holy Spirit. Thank God for human counselors. Don't misunderstand me. But don't turn to them first. Turn to the word of God. Turn to the Holy Spirit. Let Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and direct you. And uh, one thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit is that he won't always guide you around a problem. A lot of times he'll guide you through a problem. You see, we all want to be delivered uh, or we all want to be kept from having to go through the fiery furnace. How many of you want to be kept from going through the fiery furnace? I know I do. But, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they didn't they didn't I mean, they didn't get to go around the furnace. They had to go through the furnace, didn't they? But Jesus showed up for him in the midst of it, you know. And so, you know, if you're like me, it'd be nice if we just never had to go through anything tough or rough or hard. But that's just not life. That's just not the way it is. Did you ever notice that the Bible says Jesus was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness? Remember that? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you into a place that is dry. I've learned this. Now, I've never liked those places. But you know where I've learned the most? From the wilderness experiences. Thank God for the mountaintop experiences. I've had those too. But I've learned the most in the, from being going through the wilderness. And thank God the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. Now, sometimes he will lead you and guide you around a problem. Now, sometimes he will. You understand what I'm saying? He'll lead you and guide you around a problem. But sometimes he'll lead you right through the middle of a problem, you see. And when he does, at the time you don't enjoy it, if you're like me. But he'll teach you some things through that problem, you see, or through that wilderness. And like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out on the other side of the fiery furnace, they made it through, didn't they, just fine? Well, we can make it through just fine, and the Holy Spirit will bring us out on the other side, and we'll be better for it, amen? We'll have learned some things that we couldn't have learned any other way. Now then, another thing is helper. He's the helper. Now, actually, the primary definition of the Greek word used to define the Holy Spirit's sevenfold ministry to the church is the word parakletos. Have you ever heard that word, paraclete or parakletos, which means one called alongside to help, 
one called alongside to help. You see, the Holy Spirit is called, yes, He's in us, all right, don't misunderstand, He's in us. He's in us, but He's also called alongside us to help us walk out this walk down here on the earth. You need to remember that. Notice John 14 and 26. John 14 and 26 says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, New King James Version, The Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now that's a help, isn't it? Isn't that a help? He'll help you remember things that the Word of God has told us. Now here's something you need to realize is that the Holy Spirit will not do things for you, but He'll help you with things. Now don't misunderstand me. If we can't do something for ourselves, then God will do it for us. Did you hear me? But there's a lot of things He expects us to do that He helps us with. But you see, have you ever cried out to God, help? So many times I've cried out to God, help, and then I've just stood there wanting Him to do it. Well, I said help, but I really didn't mean help. What I really meant is, Lord, you just do it all. Now, if I'm not capable of doing what needs to be done, then the Lord will step in and do whatever he, he does. But, if I, but, you know, if I can do some things, and he, and he expects me to do what I can do, and then he does what I can't do, you see. I like what one person says, we do what is possible, and then God does what is impossible. Amen. That's worth writing down, isn't it? But when you ask the Lord to help you, see, the, when you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, remember He's there to help you, not to do it for you. And that's where a lot of people mess up when it pertains to this aspect of His ministry. Is they'll say, help Holy Spirit, but then they want Him to do everything, you see. For example, bringing to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Bringing to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, if you don't get into the Word of God and read and study, then He can't bring that to your remembrance, can He? Because you never put it into yourself to start with. So if you're not going to get into the Word of God and study and, and read, then the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with. He can't. He, then He's not capable then of bringing to your remembrance all things that Jesus said. Because you see, if you haven't done your part, and that's what a lot of people do, see. They don't want to study or pray or get in the Word of God and, you know, do any studying. But then they get in a hard time and they want the Holy Spirit to bring the Word to their remembrance. Well, he can't, he won't, how can he do that if you've never put it into your spirit to start with? So you see, we have a part to play and then he has a part to play. So if we'll do our part and study the Word, read it, put it into our spirits... Then when we get in those difficult times, He'll bring to our remembrance the Word of God and it'll be just what we need to hear in due season. You understand that? So He's a helper, you see. He's not the do it for you -er. He's the helper. And again and again, I've watched Christians get in trouble. I got into trouble myself in this area. In that, I've tried, you know, and get into situations and I say, Holy Spirit, help. But I was really saying is, Holy Spirit, you do it all. And then he doesn't take hold with me, see. And then I continue to struggle in that area. But if I'd realize that he's not the do it for you, -er, he's the helper. 
And I do what I can do. And then he takes hold with me. And then he helps me to do what I can't do as the helper. He brings, I put the word in my heart. Then he brings to that, that word to my remembrance in due season when I need it. And then things go well. You understand? Also to Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. You notice that he helps us in prayer. He helps us in prayer. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us, helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, let me tell you something here about prayer and the Holy Spirit as our helper. Uh, if you have a prayer life with the, you know, with the Lord, you pray. You know, He expects us in prayer to... Like if a situation comes up, to go to the Word of God, find the scriptures that pertain to whatever need it is that we have, and then pray in line with those scriptures. And do all that we know to do in prayer. But there's times where if you'll do everything you know to do, and you've prayed everything you know to pray concerning a certain situation, then... If more needs to be done in prayer concerning that situation, the Holy Spirit will take hold with you and then show you how to pray when you've prayed just as far as you can go. Did you get what I just said? Now, what I've noticed over the years is that whenever a situation comes up that requires prayer, you get in a prayer meeting with Christians... They'll just start praying in tongues right away. Just start praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues right away. And, and uh, I've seen again and again where the Holy Spirit doesn't take hold right there. Now, there's been some occasions over the years where I really didn't know how to pray for that certain situation. I, had, I didn't really know how to pray for it. And then the Holy Spirit would take hold right away and pray in the, in, in the Spirit in other tongues. And pray that whole thing out in tongues. And just get it all prayed out. And he takes hold with you right away. But then there's been so many situations that have come up. That, I, that you know, Christians, they, they know how to pray in English concerning a situation. But they don't do that. They just, I call it cop out, just start praying in tongues. And I've seen again and again where the Holy Spirit doesn't take hold. Why is it? Because, you see, He expects us to do what we know to do. He expects us to pray in our understanding as far as we can pray. You all out there? Are you okay? Now, sometimes, and this has been the case over the years on, a, on, on some several occasions where I've been able to pray a situation out in English all the way, took the Word of God and just prayed that out. You know what prayer is. You know why we pray, don't you? Prayer, God, the way God set things up is prayer gives Him an avenue to move in the earth according to the way He set things up. See, He gave authority. See, God, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but He gave the authority to this planet over to Adam, did He not? Then Adam gave it to the devil. Then what happened? The devil turned... Uh, well, Adam gave it to the devil, and Jesus came and got the authority back, right? 
and gave it to the disciples and then to us, you see. Is that right? And so you see, the way God has set things up here is that I like what one minister said. He said, it seems that God will do nothing in the earth except that we give him an avenue to do so through prayer. Now, see, when I was young, younger, I couldn't understand why do we need to pray? Because God can do whatever he wants. Well, you need to study the Bible and you'll see that God will only move in the earth. The way he set it up, he'll only move in the earth as we give him an avenue to do so through prayer. Otherwise, there'd really be no reason to pray. Now, people that don't do their studying as they should will argue with you on that statement right there. And when I was a young whippersnapper and knew just enough about the Word of God to be dangerous, I would argue with you on that. But you grow up spiritually a little bit and you get in the Word of God, you find out that it'll see, it seems as though God, by the way He set it up, will only do in the earth what we give Him the avenue to do so through prayer. And so then He expects us to learn some things about prayer. And then when a situation arises, we pray that out in English. And many times we can pray the whole thing out in English and don't even have to, you know, really don't even, I mean, the Holy Ghost will take hold with us in English and pray the whole thing out. But there are times where when you don't know how to pray as you ought, then the Holy Spirit will take hold with you and then you pray it out in, in, in the Spirit, you see. Notice right here, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. And then this links right into the next one, intercessor. Look at, look at uh, let's continue reading in verse 26 here. But the, This is Romans 8, 26. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. See, that has to do with the other tongues, see. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he does what? He makes intercession for the saints. How? According to the will of God. Do you see that? Now, there are some occasions where, and I'm not going to get into this tonight because we're not teaching really on prayer here. I just made a few statements. But what I told you there in the last few minutes was enough nuggets for you to run on for a while. But there's another aspect of the ministry of the Holy Spirit where He'll want to use you to intercede in prayer for somebody you don't even... Maybe it's somebody you do know. Sometimes it's somebody you don't even know. And there are some people that he uses along these lines more than others. And usually it's people that will cooperate with him. And sometimes he'll, I've even known him to wake, wake some people, Christians, up in the middle of the night. To have them pray out a situation in the spirit concerning somebody they don't even know. Sometimes, sometimes you, you do know who you're praying for. Many times you don't. But we need to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit to intercede through us. Because he makes intercession for the saints, how? According to the will of God. So, he's the intercessor. So let's, let's be people of prayer and let us allow him to help us with our prayer. Now, Is he going to do our praying for us? No. 
He's not going to do our praying for us, but he's there to help us. And we need to pray and do everything we know to do in prayer. And then, many times, we can, we can a lot of things, we can take care of ourselves in prayer. But there's, but, but there's times where, you know, we need him to help us. Many times we need him to help us. He helps us. And then sometimes he just intercedes through us for other, for other folks. Sometime, maybe this year, we'll spend some, some Wednesday evenings maybe on, on prayer and talking about prayer. Church ought to be, we ought to be people of prayer. Real power, if you want real power in your life, you need to be a person of prayer. That's where the power is. Do you know why Jesus had so much power in his life? It's because he was a person of prayer. If you read, I think it is John's gospel account, Chapter 7, the last verse, makes the statement that they all went, that all the people went to their own house, but then chapter 8, verse 1 says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, why did he go to the Mount of Olives? What did he do up on the Mount of Olives? He prayed. And Jesus again and again would pull aside and he'd pray. And, and why did other people not have power in their life but Jesus did because Jesus you'd find him again and again and again at prayer and if Jesus needed to pray how much more do you and I need to pray you know okay just a few more things here the advocate much we could say about intercessor advocate is a person who pleads another's case the Holy Spirit will help us as we said in prayer to plead our case before the Father he's a supporter And he's also a defender. The Holy Spirit will defend you. And of all that we could say about the advocacy ministry of his, a lot of it has to do with prayer and going before the Father with your petitions. And if you really get into prayer and understand praying as you should, the Holy Spirit will help you to get scriptures to put together to take before the throne of the Father, to hold before the Father. He said, put me in remembrance of my word, didn't he? And if you really get your praying down, if you do more praying than God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. If you, if you do more than that and really be a person of prayer and study the principles of prayer, actually the Holy Spirit can come in and help you take scripture and put the scripture together to go before the Father and he'll assist you before the throne of God to make intercession Not only for yourself, but on behalf of your wife or your children or your husband or on behalf of your loved ones or somebody at work or just, you understand, to plead your case. We'll put it that way. He'll help you plead your case. Brother Hagin used to say that, and that's that fits right here. He'll help you plead your case before the Father in prayer. But here's something else that he'll do is he'll defend you. He'll defend you. See... In the affairs of life, have you ever run into conflict with somebody? Well, what you don't want to do is you don't want to defend yourself. You know as well as I do, they say that if in, in, in legal matters, that you never want to be your own lawyer. Is that right? What is the old saying? Anybody that is his own lawyer has a fool for a client. Is, is that the old saying? Is that the old saying? And... Uh, and, and when and the same thing's true in the advocacy ministry of the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, sorry, the Holy Spirit, 
is, uh, now Jesus has an advocacy ministry too, but I, I'm not talking about his ministry here tonight. I'm talking about the advocacy ministry of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit is when, when you run into conflict with folk, and particularly when people have done things to you, has, have you ever had anybody do you wrong? Huh? How many in here you've ever had somebody do you wrong? Now here's the thing. Now don't defend yourself. Now, now, now listen to me now. Now obviously if you come up and you start pushing my wife around, I'm going to smack you. And God will back me up for it. Did you hear what I just said? You come up and start messing with my wife... I'm going to take you out. And I don't mean for a hamburger. I'm going to smack you. Do you understand that? And if you come up and try to beat up on me, well, you're going to have to get past Wes and Joe. Right? And I might be able to take you myself. I don't know. But what I'm talking about when people come against you, do you hear me? Don't react back and don't defend yourself. What did Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. And if you turn the other cheek, then the Holy Spirit will step up there on your behalf and he'll defend you. And he'll vindicate you. Now what he does first is he doesn't try. When somebody does you wrong, his first move is not to hurt that other person. He wants them to repent because he loves them just as much as he does you. You understand that? But you turn the other cheek and then he'll move into that advocacy role and he'll defend you and vindicate you in the process of time. You won't have to say a word or lift a finger. He'll take care of it for you. And if the other side doesn't repent, then he'll deal with them as he has to deal with them. What do you do? You pray for him. You understand? As long as you're turning the other cheek, see, somebody said, well, do we just turn the other cheek to be a punching bag for the world? No, we turn the other cheek so the Holy Spirit can do his ministry as the advocate. When people do me wrong, you won't hear me say a word about it. Oh, I might tell just the certain ones I have to tell, but I don't say anything about it. I just go right on. You talk bad about me behind my back, don't hurt me, you're hurting yourself. I don't pay any attention to it. I still love you. Whether you love me or not, I love you. You understand? Because you see, if you're talking bad about me or anybody behind my back, you don't have to worry about me. You have to worry about the advocacy ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not going to put the punching gloves on to deal with you. I'm going to turn the other cheek and walk in love towards you. Now you've got to work it out with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't say that to scare you. It's just the truth of the matter. It'd be better for you if I put my punching gloves on because you might be able to whip me. But, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to walk in love. Yeah, but you know what they're saying about you? You know what they're calling people and saying? Don't make any difference. I'm walking in love. Hope you've got enough sense by now to learn that probably about 90% of what people call you on the phone to tell you is not true anyway. I had to learn that over the years myself. But when people wrong you and come against you, what you need to do is turn the other cheek and let the Holy Spirit defend you. Amen. And then we could talk about that all night. Strengthener, 
Well, he's a strengthener. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. He'll strengthen you if you'll allow him to do so. Amen. And he'll even give life to your mortal body. He can strengthen you physically if you'll let him. And then finally, standby. He's our standby power. I've learned this about him. He's standby power, power available. Standby power available in time of need. How many of you, you've ever come into time of need? You need a little extra boost? Well, the Holy Ghost is the one to call on and he'll give you that little extra boost. I'll close by telling you a brief story. For years I had a car that just didn't have much power to it and I remember coming up Antire Hill. You've heard me tell the story but I'll tell it briefly again. And, and I'd always get smoked by people. I'd get halfway up coming from Eureka to Fenton up halfway up Antire Hill. I, there'd always be somebody come up side of me not always but a lot frequently and they'd, you know, and then I'd be trying to you know, and I had one of those, I had, at the time I had a puddle jumper. It just wouldn't go and they'd always just just go off and leave me. So finally, I got up where I could afford a vehicle that had a little power to it. It was a it, had, it was a minivan. It had this button, you know, the cruise control, because I never had cruise control before. And uh, and so you'd hit the button, and it would, you know, what I mean, zoom it up. And so I had it all set there, and I got on the hill, and I thought this is going to be fun. And I got up. Somebody came up side of me, and you know, and then I thought, well, here I go. Licked my finger and blew on it and hit the button, you know, press the button. And that thing just revved, you know, and then I took off, left them in the dust. Glory to God. Amen. That was standby power in time of need, see. And I was in need of some power. I wanted to leave that fella in the dust, you see. And so I hit the button and took right off. Well, that's the same way the Holy Spirit will do us as we live down here. Sometimes we get weak, sometimes we run out of energy, and we can call on Him, and He's standby power. Power in time of need, call on Him, and He'll give you that, it's like hitting that, that button, just choo, He'll give you that, that, He'll strengthen your mortal body, He'll give you strength when you thought you couldn't go another step, He'll empower you, and you'll be able to go another mile. Amen. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of this tonight? So the Holy Spirit, He's our comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Understand some things about these ministries of His that He has to the church. And uh, praise God, take advantage of them. Well, ushers, get ready. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. If you need a...